Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Like we always do about this time. I was gonna rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their claws. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to a very special edition of the Hawks Beat Podcast, the NBA preview edition of the Hawks Beat Podcast, man. So come on in. Come on in. We got a live show for you this evening. As you can see, my wife has the Christmas decorations up, man. I got a Christmas tree uh, (laughs) here in front of my booth, in my booth and everything. But tis the season. I hope that you all are doing well this evening. And uh, I want to wish a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays to all of you guys out there. We have a special guest that's going to be coming on with us this evening. And today we're going to be previewing the Miami Heat. Uh, So if you guys know any Miami Heat folks or Miami Heat fans, uh, let them know. Come on in. Come on in. We about to talk some Miami Heat basketball today. I know this is normally an Atlanta Hawks podcast, but um, I want to go around the East and kind of see and kind of get a feel for how the other teams are feeling about their teams. You know, uh, here in Atlanta, of course, uh, again, for those who may have stumbled onto the podcast, I cover the Atlanta Hawks. And a lot of people are very excited about the moves that have been made in free agency, the moves that have been made. Uh, in the draft, and then, uh, you know, so they're excited. But here's the thing. A lot of fans don't realize that other teams get better too, (laughs) right? They get better. And uh, one of these teams is definitely the Miami Heat. Uh, We're going to talk about them. We have a guy coming on today, and he is going to give us the ins and the outs about the Miami Heat. So it should be a fun episode. Uh, Stay tuned. And before he comes on, I want to give some housekeeping out of the way. Um, A lot of what we do is on the social media front. So let me see if I can get my ticker going. So, boom, let me see if I get my ticker going. There it goes. Boom. So if you are on the Twitter or if you are on Instagram, uh, make sure you give Hawks Beat a follow. We are at Hawks Beat. Uh, You can just go ahead and make sure you give us a follow. Follow you back in most cases in case, you know. (laughs) <laughs> make sure you just to make sure you ain't crazy or nothing. No, we'll follow you back. But um, yeah, so make sure you guys follow us there on the Twitters. And uh, what was I going to say next? The podcast, the podcast. We got a podcast that we do. Uh, you can find that wherever you get your podcast. Nowadays, there's so many different platforms. And, uh, you know, so uh, you can subscribe there. And of course, the YouTube. We're really trying to push our YouTube content this year, 
and uh, make sure you follow us on YouTube as well. Subscribe there. And uh, we about to get it rocking, get it rolling, man. So if you are a fan of the uh, of the Miami Heat, uh, you should uh, enjoy today's podcast. I got my co-host coming in. And uh, I believe I got rid of all the particulars. But if you have any questions, go ahead and put them in the chat. We'll try to get to them uh, if we can. And uh, let's bring them on, man. So let me see if I can work my little magic there. There it goes. What's going on? How are you doing, sir? I'm trying to tweet out the link to this. I'm sorry. I'm I'm late. I'm late. <laughs> I'm on CP time, brother. You know how it go. Hey, man, it's all good, man. I just, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, there you go. You got it. So, yeah. So uh, we are excited to having you on, man. Thanks for joining us today, man. I really appreciate it. I'm mad. That, honestly, I would have sat in a different seat, so I had the festive Christmas background. <laughs> you ain't even warned me. You didn't warn me that we was, you know, we were doing the Christmas tree. You got the chimney with the with the stocking. Yeah, man, if I had stocking. known, I, I even got one for my dog, man. We we doing the oh, big man, today, you man. making me so, look bad. My wife got everything all set up, and I was like, "Look, man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to record here, so." We just gonna make it work, you know. I'm about to ask my lady to put a reef behind me, just you know. <laughs> Gotta get in the spirit, man. Gotta get in the spirit, man. Uh, first of all, l- give me the pronunciation of your first name, Alphonse. Alphonse, okay, okay. I knew it was kind of spelled uh phonetically, man. But again, welcome on to the show, man. We're gonna be talking a little Miami Heat today. And before you came on, man, the purpose of why I'm doing this is because I cover the Hawks. This is gonna be uh year seven for me. Uh, covering the Hawks, but I want to kind of go around and get a feel for some of the other teams because traditionally when you're in a city, when you hear from the towns and you get locked into Miami Heat Twitter or Atlanta Hawks Twitter, you think that you're the only one that got better. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bubble. It's a bubble, man. <laughs> so I was like, man, let me go around and, and, and talk to some folks in the East and, and check in and with different cities and see how that's going. But uh, first and foremost, man, tell us a little bit about the Five Reasons Sports Network. And uh, you're, you're, uh, I believe you're, you're part of two podcasts, right? Yeah, I'm part of two podcasts. Okay. Uh, honestly, the reason I'm late is because I was recording Light Skin Opinions. Okay. Um, which is uh, it's a it's a joke about colorism, but we don't have to go into that tonight. You know what I'm saying? You got Atlanta fans; they know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a Light Skin Opinions is a it's a political pop culture, a little bit of sports. We talk about just about everything. Half our show is about relationships. And um, you know, cash bars at weddings today. So yeah. I was <laughs> I was late because of that show um, we recorded tonight. And then I'm also part of Five on the Floor, uh, which is a Miami Heat podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network um, with Ethan Skolnick, uh, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander. Uh, we're a little bit of everything and that an- analysis insight. Ethan and Greg have all the sources in the world, so they're on top of all the different trade rumors and free agency rumors and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of cover the entire, you know, gambit. So uh, I'm there as I'm super fan guy. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't care about analytics. I don't care about any of that stuff. I, I do a little bit, but I'm super fan. I'm eye test guy. That's kind of like my my role on the show. So. Yeah, you yeah. Gotta, so gotta balance, man. You gotta have balance, you know. Yeah, yeah. We have a we have a really good balance on the show. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. That's what's up, man. I, I listen to a couple of y'all's pods, man. You guys do good work, man. So keep up the good work, man. Keep it up. What's the weather like down there in Miami today, man? Man, it's a frigid sixty-one degrees right oh now, my brother. Gosh. <laughs> frigid. I had a I had a light hoodie on today <laughs> for the first time in months. Oh my gosh, man! I don't see how you're bearing it, man. It, it was. Yeah. Now in Atlanta, it got up in the, around the fifties today, but it, it was an it was a nice thirties. We had some nice frost in the morning, so you know yeah, I, <laughs> we started burning furniture out here. <laughs> yeah, so it's all good. I'm originally from Florida. I'm originally from Tampa, so I know all, all about the sun okay. and everything. But we're gonna right. get into it, man. Let's get in this uh, Miami Heat talk, man. So let's start. Let's start from last year, man. Uh, the bubble run, of course. Uh, that make the run to the finals, man. Just tell me about that whole experience, man. This was the city buzzing. Well, probably not because during COVID, but you know, <laughs> buzzing with mask on. You know, just talk yeah. about that run a little bit in a bubble, man, and kind of define the odds last year with the Miami Heat. Well, it's funny, man. I'm very romantic about this last uh, the, the the bubble run. 
Um, more romantic than I am about, you know, most things when it comes to sports. I'm kind of just like, it's fun, you know, it's whatever it is. I don't, I don't really put a lot of stock into like, you know, uh, what, you know, how it lifts a community. But what I will say is that, that this year, this Miami Heat team lifted this community. Okay. Cause one of the things that's infamous about the Miami Heat, if you're from Miami, is that the games, and like the lower bowl atmosphere is for the elite, right? So we get clowned a lot because on national TV, you know, and the Hawks get clowned too. I lived in Atlanta for two years, okay? Yeah. So I know. You know what right? it is. <laughs> yeah. And we get the empty arena stuff. But if you ever, if they ever panned up into the three and 400 levels, it ain't empty. It's, it's rocking, right? <laughs> but the elites get that 100 level because it's in Miami. It's a place to be seen. It's cool. You know what I mean? The Kevin Hart and Drake and Diddy and, you know, The Rock, they're all down there hanging out. So we get that and we get the stigma of bad fandom because, you know, our arenas are empty during games. What happened during COVID is there was no delineation between the people that could pay for the 100 level and the people that can afford the 400 level and the people that just <laughs> can't afford to go to the games at all. Yeah. So we were all the same fan base mm. for the entire bubble run. And it was unifying in that effect. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so we all watched it with the same anticipation. So it was one and the, the team really reflected real Miami for the for for the first time in a long time since the Keith Askins. You know, a lot of the morning days. They don't know about Keith Askins, man. They, they don't, don't know, know about, about you know what I mean? A lot of fans, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of big three fans. Sherman this Douglas, team, they don't know about them cats, Yes, man. the general. So <laughs> there's a lot of people that don't know what real Miami Heat basketball is all about. And we lost – I'm not going to say we lost our way during the big three years. Yeah. It just became more about showtime and more about flashiness. This Heat team reflected real Miami. It reflected Overtown, Carroll City. It reflected Broward. It reflected Palm Beach. It reflected South Florida more than any team in a long time. And it headed up by Jimmy Butler, who was just Miami Heat through and through. It's like, you know, he's he's Udonis Haslam personified with, with more athletic ability. You know what I mean? So this team became so much a part of what we were going through through COVID, and they lifted us. Yeah, and they gave us something to anticipate where we were down because we're we're a COVID center of the entire country. So it gave us something to anticipate every other day they were playing a game. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they kept they kept us going, and honestly, it's like so they really we we, we attached ourselves to this team, and it became the great equalizer of South Florida for a few months where. We were all on this bandwagon, man. Like, we were riding this out. So a lot of people don't realize we couldn't go to the games. And maybe nationally the uh, ratings were down. But mm -hmm. in Miami and South Florida, the ratings were through the roof. Like, we love this team. You know, like, this became our team. It's going to go down as one of the most favorite Heat teams in history, even though they didn't win a title. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, do you think that, there is a way because I, I used to pull. I'm a big Allen Iverson fan, right? So all throughout high school, I was always pulling for the Sixers. And I remember when they got to the finals and when they went up against that Shaq and Kobe Lakers team, I knew they had no clue. <laughs> they got they got that one win. And to me, that was like Moses at the mountaintop. You know what I'm saying? Like they got the one, you know, we kind of felt good about that. Do you feel that there is a way that they could have won that series? Or do you feel that they kind of maxed out? everything they had, and they just weren't going to beat the Lakers. If Goran Dragic was healthy and you had a healthy Bam Adebayo, you're at, you're at least talking about a seven-game series, in my opinion. Um, they had – once Goran Dragic was not able to play and then and Bam Adebayo was limited, they had no chance. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that carried us to six – whatever. <laughs> to carry the Heat to six games was a Herculean effort yeah. by Jimmy Butler, almost reminiscent of Dwayne Wade in 2006 with some of the performances he put up. Yeah. Um, but one thing Jimmy Butler is, is he's not Dwayne Wade. You know, mm -hmm. he's not, he, he's always been the guy that's going to lift other guys around him. He's, it, it, it's not in his nature to put a team on his back. He's going to lift your team up, but he's not, he can't carry you to, to four wins in a seven game series against a juggernaut like the Lakers. So, 
once those guys went down, those guys were the heart of the team, you know, mm-hmm. heart of the team throughout the playoffs. Goran Dragic is so important to what the Miami Heat do. Mm-hmm. Um, he was their leading scorer up until the Eastern Conference Finals. From what, once those guys went down, we kind of all knew what was going to happen, but you know, we believed all, all the way up to the very end. And no, no real Heat fan was mad at mm-hmm. the ending, like you said about the Sixers. No Heat fan was mad about what happened at the end. We just said, let's go back and get better this year. Yeah, I mean, you, you get there, you're kind of playing with house money. And I had the utmost respect for this Miami Heat team. I went on uh, a radio show with one of my buddies, and I was like, Lakers in six. And he, he like, giggled at me. Like, you're giving them two games? Like, yeah, I'm giving them two games. Like, they got some shooters. I really like Jimmy Butler. And, like, you know, very rarely do I get predictions right. Like, very rarely do I get them right. <laughs> but I hit that one on the on – <laughs> I hit that one on the butt, and I was beating my chest for a little bit. But uh, big fan of Jimmy Butler, man. I kind of want to move to him before we get to this roster. Um, Jimmy's just a different guy, man. Like, I, folks don't understand. Like, Jimmy's just a different guy. I was watching the Miami Heat uh, media availability this week. And somebody asked Jimmy about how he felt. And Jimmy was like, you don't care. Like, you don't care. Like, for real. (laughs) But, like, that's just Jimmy. Jimmy just walks with this chip on his shoulder. And he don't mind the chip on the shoulder because he's Jimmy Butler, man. But uh, talk to me about about Jimmy Butler and kind of, like, what you guys are expecting in year two for Jimmy. Um, If you kind of go back and look at his history in Minnesota, that's year when when things kind of went wrong. And he only had the one year in Philly. Year two, what does it look like? What do you think it's going to look like for you, uh, for Jimmy Butler? Well, first of all, um, and this is going to sound blasphemous for some people, but I've said it on five five on the floor a thousand times. Jimmy Butler is the most perfect superstar for the Miami Heat in Miami Heat history. Now, is he the biggest superstar? Is he the best player in Heat history? No. Dwayne Wade is the best player in Miami Heat history, um, without a doubt. But there, there's not a single player that embodies the Miami Heat mindset outside of Udonis Haslam than Jimmy Butler. So Jimmy Butler is like a godsend for this organization because he is just like a walking billboard of what happens when you can completely buy in. He went from this guy who had this terrible reputation all over the league to a guy now that people people are saying you don't trade him for James Harden. Like that was there was a whole yeah. argument on Twitter the other day. Like, would the Miami Heat trade Jimmy Butler for James Harden? And ninety percent of the people were like, hell no, they wouldn't. So, Jimmy Butler is a perfect fit for the Miami Heat. He's a dog with the dog mentality. From Eric Spolstra to Pat Riley, the entire organization, they love what he brings to the table. So, going forward in the next year, what I really want to see for Jimmy. And it's gonna sound. I want to see him get some rest at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um. I don't want him burned out for the playoffs. Um. I would like to see them be able to hold their own without him. And it's gonna be very hard for to tell Jimmy Butler to take some take some nights off. It's it, yeah. it's just not in his nature. But he's gonna have to take some nights off. Um. But do I see his personality becoming a problem with this team? Hell no. No, not at all. He's uh. This this is. This is his team, and he's grooming Bam Adebayo to be the next Jimmy Butler, and so is Udonis Haslam, and that's their whole goal. This Jimmy Butler, this is his team, and he's not going anywhere. I I, I saw that. Um, well, I'm, I always enjoy kind of the relationship between Jimmy and Bam because Jimmy has the such an utmost respect when he speaks about Bam. You know, just you know, such a young guy to have Jimmy speak of you. And with 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 such uh, amazement and such honor, it, it's funny because you know he never talked about that the cat or like the Wiggins, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he talked dirty about them cats, but it, it's good to see them two meshing. You know, the old and the young together. Um, but it's not just it's not just Bam. Yeah, it's every guy every guy on that team. Either they got listen, a lot of guys got shipped out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite players, Justice Winslow, is gone. Deion Waiters, Hassan Whiteside, James Johnson. There's a lot of guys with big contracts that the Heat trusted, and they got shipped out this year. The guys who are left all believe in the same things Jimmy Butler believes in. Mm -hmm. So it's not just Bam. I mean, he loves Tyler Hero like a little brother. 
yeah. these guys all got dog in them. And that's that's the thing. And that's what Jimmy's been asking for this whole time. He just says, work as hard as I do. And that's all he cares about. And uh, uh, we're entering into a season with COVID, something that we've never seen before. And every sports franchise, every sports, it, they're they're limping through their seasons. <laughs> NFL starting to look through their limp through their season. College NFLs limping through their season. I don't know what the NFL will do. I'm hoping that they can get through this 72 game season. But if there is any year that you needed depth, <laughs> it's this year. You know, it, it, I mean, I could easily see guys get in touch and having to sit out. You sit out 10 days, you know, that's almost two weeks of games. And then the 72 Six game games. <laughs> yeah. And then the 72 game season like that. I mean, 10 days. I'm sorry. Not 10 days. 10 games. 10 days. Yeah, but, 10 games. Uh, 10 days is six games. And, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of games, you know. So you you don't really worry about the third point guard until like now. <laughs> like who's your third point guard? But I want to ask you about some of the uh, some of the roster moves made by the GM. I want to look at the guys going out. Uh, Jay Crowder, Solomon Hill, D. Jones Jr. Those are the guys going out. Uh, your guy Solomon Hill is actually here in Atlanta now. Um, spoke with him on Saturday. He's a really charismatic guy. Vet. We loved him. Um, glad to have him in the fold. What are you missing with these three guys as they move out? And then I'm going to ask you about the guys coming in in just a moment. All right. Well, well, Crowder, you're missing uh, a, a guy who was able to come in and replace a a real starting center in Myers Leonard. But what he did was create a spacer on the floor that would shoot threes and Nobody expected expected him to shoot 36, 37%. He did, but nobody expected him to do that. What was cool is just that he was going to shoot them. And for him to shoot like that, it created space for Bam out of bio to work in the middle of the floor. One thing about Myers Leonard, he's a better shooter than and then than Jay Crowder, but Absolutely. he's not as willing of a shooter. So that what happens is his gravity is not what Sol, what uh what Jay Crowder's is. So Jay Crowder came in and he he just gave the Heat something on offense, and then defensively he I mean he turned it up a a, a whole nother level underneath Eric Spolstra. Mm. So for the biggest loss this offseason is is Jay Crowder, mm. just because he bought into the culture, he wanted to be here. But for to to keep him, the Heat would have to lose some of the flexibility that they've worked so hard for. And I understand what happened. It was just, it's a mutual parting of ways. I don't think there's any hard feelings either way. But Jay Crowder, I think to Heat fans, he's a Heat lifer. Like that guy will always be beloved. Uh, Solomon Hill, uh, we I liked him. Didn't give us much, and only because he just he was redundant in a lot of ways. Um, I think he's going to be good wherever he goes. Um, he's going to be a fan favorite. Like he's just such a cool guy. Like if you can get him on your show, you said you talked to him already. Yeah. He, they had a media availability on Saturday and uh, he's just like, yo, he's just an, uh, a great guy. I mean, you know how, when you, when you speak to certain guys, some guys, they hit it and some guys, they don't, you know, he hits it. <laughs> yeah, man. He's just, he's just a great person. Like he went on a, a show, a, a podcast. I used to be on Miami heat beat. And he, he talked about anime for an hour. Like he just, he's just an awesome guy. Uh, when it comes to Derrick Jones Jr., what they're missing with him is a point of attack defender. The, that's one of the Heat's sore spots. Um, point guards tore them up. Uh, the prop, Derrick Jones Jr. could sit there. We saw him lock down Trey Young yeah. a couple times last season. Problem is on offense, you don't have to guard him. So that was that was a problem with Derrick Jones Derrick Jones Jr. We're gonna miss him down here in Miami. He's a great kid, uh, slam dunk champ. But you know there was there's only so much money to go around. And yeah. and honestly, he 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 played himself into a better contract than he could afford. Yeah, More power yeah you gotta be happy. You gotta applaud that man. He having he gonna have a good Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm happy for Derrick Jones Jr. because I've talked to him a few times in the Heat locker room. He's just a really, really good kid, a really nice guy. Like I'm I'm happy for him and what he was able to do. Yeah, man. Super athletic, man. Jumps out the gym. And I remember that game where he, he was uh locking up Trey. Um, and you guys bring in some heavy hitters, man. Uh, Every Bradley, uh, Harkless, B.J. Johnson, Mike Strouts. Talk a little bit about some of the guys that you guys brought in. Well, Avery Bradley is probably is okay. So Avery Bradley, it, he he solves a problem 
um, that Derrick Jones Jr. was trying to solve, right? Mm-hmm. The Heat have a point of attack problem. And if if anybody watched the Heat this season, they know guys like Trey Young, until you put Derrick Jones Jr. out there, was tearing them up. Like fast, athletic point guards, uh, guys like De'Aaron Fox, like they can't, they could not stop athletic point guards. Their point of attack defense was horrible. So Avery Bradley comes in, he kind of solves some of that, and you have to respect him in the corner. Mm-hmm. Whereas Derrick Jones Jr., you didn't have to respect him in the corner or be on a three-point line. Um, Avery Bradley is not, you know, an elite shooter by any sense of the, the term, but don't leave him open at the same time. It's, it's like the Jay Crowder effect. Yeah. So you're hoping that Avery Bradley can give you the point of attack defense, almost a three and D kind of thing that, you know, a lot of teams are always looking for. Mo Harkless is kind of that wild card. Uh, Eric Spolcher has been talking him up. Uh, I think they think that he can do a lot of the things that uh, Jay Crowder did last year. Mm-hmm. I would like to see it. He's long. <laughs> he's, he's a, he's a decent shooter. They yeah. think he's going to be a great shooter because one thing the heat the heat can do is get guys open. Yeah. And Mo Harkless is going to be open a lot. Yeah. And if he's okay with pulling the trigger and shooting, he is going to be a super a super big asset for the Heat. This I mean, year. he's a he's a vet, man. He's a I mean, certain guys when they become a certain when you've been in the league six, seven, eight years, you kind of are what you are. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. You know, fine. You know, it's fine being who you are, but you know, expecting someone to be. <laughs> so what I will tell you, what I'll tell you, guys who can who've been in the, in the league seven, eight years, all of a sudden they play on the air exposure and they become a different guy. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's the thing. Like James Johnson, Dion Waiters, like there's so many instances of guys who Jay Crowder last year. Yeah. Jay Crowder became an became an indispensable part of a of, of a finals team where you know he was just, you know, a journeyman before that. Yeah. And I've always liked Jay Crowder's game, but Eric Spolster has a way of getting things out of guys. And the way he's talking about Mo Harkless this year. It almost has me believe that he's going to start next to Bam out of bio. Okay, which is wild. But if he, you know, I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it completely out of the realm of imagination. Let me ask you about the guards. Now that you add Avery Bradley to the mix, now you have uh, Dragage, Robinson, Nunn, Hero, Bradley. Does it make any of these guys expendable? Do you foresee any of these guys maybe moving toward the trade deadline? Or anything of that nature. I mean, I haven't looked at you guys' cap situation. Um, do you foresee there being a problem? But I mean, again, we we, we talked a little bit about uh, the need for depth. I mean, is it just y'all just going to keep them five at uh, the guards' position, or what? What do you think? Um, I, I right now it's it's tough, man, because I look at it and I think that they're deep. Um, I don't know if they have enough to win a, a title, right? I think they have enough to, to for another deep playoff run. And in a year of COVID, who knows what happens? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Jason Tatum gets COVID. Who knows? You know? Like, yeah. I, you, I don't you, wish. You very well may need all five of those guards. <laughs> right? I don't wish <laughs> ill upon anybody, but we have no idea. Honestly, like, if in my heart of hearts, like, I don't like the way they're setting up the season. I just mm-hmm. – I think they I think they're setting themselves up for a complete disaster. Yeah. But that's just me. Um when it when it comes to of, of those guards, who's the most expendable? I think Kendrick Nunn is on the move. Um if you ask me, if you ask people that I trust, that you know, talk to people that know things, I don't know things. I always tell people I have no sources. I'm yeah. just a fan. Um yeah. But the people that I know that talk to people, I think Kendrick Nunn is on the chopping – not chopping block, but he's on the trade block, right? Yeah, he's, there uh, is, there's always those guys, like, when you start a season that, well, if we got to move somebody, it's going to be you. <laughs> exactly. So if the Heat like, – let's say the Heat go after a guy like Oladipo, which will shore up their guard rotation tremendously, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to give up a Kelly Olenek, a Kendrick Nunn, and probably a first-round pick. Uh, will that be enough? I don't know. But th- those, you know, a guy like uh, Oladipo, Kendrick Nunn is gone. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. just what you're going to expect. And what happened with Kendrick Nunn is that he he got figured out very quickly as a kind of um, a one-dimensional player. Uh, he's not a good facilitator. He's not a good passer. Um, 
he can get beat easily off the dribble despite all of his athletic abilities. So, but at the same time, his his trade value is high because he can get you buckets. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're looking to make a move, you know, you know, a team, an up and coming team who's trying to rebuild will take a Kendrick Nunn and a first round pick and some salary cap filler for let's say a Victor Oladipo who doesn't want to be on the Indiana Pacers anymore. Yeah, so, I mean Kendrick is not a. Uh, I mean he's a solid rotational player. You know he's he's not no Swiss cheese man. He 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 can bring value to your ball club if you get him in the right situation. Um, I want to ask you. In, he can't in defend though. I, I just I'm gonna <laughs> warn. I I'm just gonna warn any fan base. Like, listen, man. I watch I watched this guy for a year and I love Kendrick. I talked to Kendrick, but and then people be like, oh Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson can't defend. I'm like, no, no, no. The Kendrick can't defend. Like I, 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 I think there's a there's a white guy thing going on there, but I'm not, I'm not gonna go into that. Yeah. I, I do that on light skin opinions. But there, there, there's a reverse racism. Yeah, there's a stereotype there to fact because honestly, I would much rather have Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson on the perimeter than Kendrick Nunn. He's when you talk about Swiss cheese, he is Swiss cheese. Yeah, and I was uh, reading an article from our guy uh, Nakia Smith. And he had like a gif of Kyrie Irving playing some defense. And it looked like me in the ninth grade, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was like walking. He was, his knees weren't even bent. It looked horrible, man. Yeah. Horrible. And, uh, yeah, so some guys in the league, man, I mean, defense just ain't their thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, there's been a big talk about Trey Young here in Atlanta and his defense. You know, that's why he go out and get a, a Chris Dunn and, and, and Cam Reddish. And all I, those- okay, I'll tell you something. Yeah. You're on Hawks beat. Yes, sir. Trey Young is the worst offender I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm not trying. I love watching that young man play. Like, he's a fun player. That is a, a – he made Tyler Hero look like Allen Iverson. Like, yeah. he is the worst defender I have ever seen. And it hurts me because I'm light-skinned. And it <laughs> perpetuates a stereotype about light-skinned people, you know, that were soft. But he is the worst defender I've ever seen in my life. Is is that a thing in Atlanta? Like, are, are Hawks fans cognizant of that? Or yeah, is- they, well, it depends because you have your your section of fans that you just can't say any wrong about the Hawks. You know, you have so you have those fans, and you have those fans that are kind of like, yeah, defense is pretty bad. And then when you bring out the metrics and show like the usage rate, like you know, Herder and 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 uh, Young were like really the the bottom of the league when it came to like defensive rating last year. So it's like, it's not really even opinion. <laughs> it's not no. really opinion. like even the metrics back it up. And so the hope this year, look, he's never going to make any all defensive teams. The hope this year is that uh, by getting him some help on the offensive end, that he doesn't have to expend so much energy, not only being your leading scorer, not only being your distributor, but having to lock down, you know, uh, you know, the team's point guard or whatever, you hope that it's going to get to a point where it's manageable. <laughs> you know? Let him be Devin Booker. You know, he yeah. put him on the other team's worst player. Yeah, so you, they're hoping that it's going to get manageable and still kind of hold them to accountability. But, I mean, guys are who they are, man. They are who they are. This segment is brought to us by Tillman's Trinkets and Things. Custom jewelry shipped quickly to your doorstep. Every piece will be uniquely yours. You can get the Tillman's Trinkets and Things from our website, thehawksbeat.com. Just click on their banner, Tillman's Trinkets and Things. Shout out to our guy, Jonathan. He's done great work. He's made pieces for my daughter, for my son, for myself. Check out the folks over at Tillman's Trinkets and Things. I had the Hawks in the playoffs this year, and I got hated on for that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but I think that I think they're a seventh or eighth seed. But here's the least. thing: man. the whole playoff structure has changed. Um, I just put out a YouTube video. By the way, if you're watching this, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Appreciate that. Um, talking about the the number of wins for the Hawks, and now they've changed the structure. So, like seven through ten is like a play in game. So, like if you can't get set, if you can't get the number ten in the East. Man, you don't, <laughs> you don't, you don't, you don't deserve much. <laughs> you out here trying to, you out here battling the Hornets. 
<laughs> for a playoff spot. Like, just, just go home. Just go home. We don't need you. Like, the Knicks, you know, the, the Knicks going to be around 25 games, probably maybe only like two or three games out in the last spot. They, you know, they're not going to be anywhere near 10th. <laughs> but uh, I want to ask you, I want to ask you about your draft pick, man. Uh, Precious, I, I can't say his last name, man, but it's Ochoa. Ochoa. I think. I don't know. Precious Ochoa, man. Tell me a little bit about what you know about this guy, man. Uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, man. They was clowning him because because his name was Precious. But, Listen, you know, let's need here, no there. <laughs> I did two weeks of shows where I said you cannot draft him off. I'm sorry, I don't know if I can curse on your show. This all good, man. I, I did two weeks of shows where you can't draft a dude named Precious, and I had I literally had a five minute uh, clip, not five minutes, but like a forty five second clip where I was just. Just saying, like, because I was like, if you're a heat, if you're a heat player, you're okay. Let's say you're Mo Harkless. Yeah, you're leaving the arena, or, or you're leaving the hotel, and you guys are going to go into, uh, you know, to a restaurant, and you step out the hotel, and you're like, hey, hey, precious, <laughs> hey, hey, precious, like you can't do that. You can't do that, duh. No. <laughs> Yeah, hey, precious. You go like you. It's people are gonna think you're screaming after a stripper or something. Like it, I, I said, you can't draft that guy because you can't scream. Like, I'm, and how about if you're on the court in the middle of a heated playoff battle, precious? Yeah. Like, you just can't do that. Like, it's just it's a bad look. Um, he's but then I watched kid, the he's highlights. A big kid from from out uh, of uh, from Memphis, power four. What is he? Six nine, six ten. Oh my! Listen, then I watch the highlights, brother. I'm like, I don't care. Call him Precious. Call him Candy. Chastity. Uh, whatever. Whatever. Call. Him, I. I don't care what stripper name you call him. Call him yeah. whatever you want. My man can play. All yeah. right. I don't care what you call him. All right. I'm calling him. I'm. I'm screaming. Hey, Precious. Like I watch him play. And listen, I've I'm, I'm my one of my biggest things is n- none of us know anything about draft picks. None. Like we do this thing every every year where we're like we get all excited about you know R.J. Barrett and you know and he comes he comes through and he looks like a 1960s basketball player. Mm. Uh, he looks like he integrated the league or something. Like <laughs> it's just, we're not they, like, we don't know anything about these draft picks. But Precious, I look at him and he looks. In college, like a more polished Bam Adebayo. Yeah, he does. I mean, he he's got that NBA body, like they like to say, the NBA body. Like he's a he's a big dude. Like like the precious jokes are good, but you ain't gonna say it to his face. No, I'm not. <laughs> he's, listen, he's a big I, dude. I, I told Ethan Skolnick, I said I'm not I'm not covering games in the arena this year because I said too many. I have too many precious jokes. I'm not trying to get slapped. Like hey, he can slap. It's all fun and games when he hits you in the DMs. Talk about something. Hey, man, was you the one on that podcast? <laughs> he could slap my whole beard off. <laughs> Take my whole hairline back. Like, I'm not trying to – I'm not messing with Precious. So, as but, like, I look at Precious and I say, I don't think he's going to – I don't think he's going to make an impact day one. Uh-huh. But the fact that he looks – and Bam has said it himself. Precious is him, just more polished. Mm. These guys are both rim runners, both guys that you could trust with the ball on offense, who can defend the rim. The thing is, but they're not your traditional rim defenders. Mm. What they do is they don't let people get near the rim because if they have to switch on a three, they're gonna they're gonna guard the three on the perimeter. They're not they're not gonna just trail him to the basket, which a lot of bigs do when they do a switch. These guys can stay in front of threes, can stay in front of twos. Like, Bam can stay in front of ones. I don't know if Precious can do that yet. Like, yeah. Bam can guard Trey, which is some wild stuff. Yeah, I've seen Bam cool. guard Steph. <laughs> I don't know if Precious can do that. But if Precious is anywhere near that, and you have both of those guys in your in your front court, like, that's a lot of athleticism and strength. Like, so I don't know if it's going to be a big thing this year, but the the thing is, because of COVID, Precious might get thrown into the mix early. Because oh, all you need is two cases, and now Precious is in your is in your top ten in your rotation. 
right? Because yeah. Udonis has him in playing. You know, we we yeah. all know that. We all know what it is. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> we know what's happening there. So, you know, so I, I'm I'm excited about Precious just because I've seen what they've done with a guy like Bam, and I'm like, damn, bro. Like, if they can have another Bam up, two Bams on the floor, yeah, be and like Precious that. can shoot better than Bam can. It'd be like the reincarnation of, of the Davis brothers. And and, and well, I think when, when you look at the Davis brothers and, and, and the Pacers, more than anything, they brought a mentality, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these younger teams, a lot of these teams nowadays, they have no mentality. They have no toughness. And it's just like, you know, they don't – I mean, and I'm, I'm kind of old school, and I'm like, yo, man, like, you can't be letting people push your, you know, your star player down and stuff like that. Like, you got to have that some moxie about yeah. you. <laughs> But, you know, you get a guy like Bam who's definitely about that action. And, you know, you bring out, you know, your little young Bam. The guy we drafted in in, in Atlanta, uh, Oneko Kangu, uh, they said he has kind of like a body like a Bam model bio too. So those guys are kind of out there now. Is he Nigerian? <laughs> yeah, yeah. These, these Nigerians killing the game right now, man. Hey, they're killing it, man. And they're big too because he's about 6'10". And he's, he's young. And the thing about it, these kids are still growing. They're long. Like, for all intents and purposes, these guys next year are going to be what college sophomores. <laughs> they're big, they're strong, and they, they the wingspan on these some these. I, I'm trying not to curse on your show. The <laughs> wingspan on these dudes, man, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, the pressure dude, man, he looks like he's going to be bonafide, man. The fact that you get him at 20, there's not a lot of pressure there. You can kind of play him. You know, there's no like, oh, he's got to come in and start. So, I think he'll be fine. Um, what I will say about Precious, this is the third year in a row where the Heat picked a guy. They had another guy on their board, right? And this is this is from what I what I know of the Heat's mindset. They had another guy on their board, but but this guy fell to them. And they had him rated way higher than 20th. They had Bam higher than uh I think 13th. They had uh Hero higher than 14th. So this is the third time in a row they've had a guy rated higher than where they picked him. Mm. And we've seen how Hero has worked out, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he, he's, he's he's top 60 in the league, according to ESPN, which that ESPN <laughs> list is trash. Yeah. Uh, we, we have Bam Adebayo, who's a max player, and now we got Precious. So I'm very interested to see why they liked him this much. And I've seen him. They've had some little some practice tape. And he's running around there with Udonis and, and Bam. And I'm like, damn, bro, this guy is Miami Heat through and through. That's dope, man. That's dope. They definitely know. And, and that's you got to give credit to Pat and, and, and Spo and all those guys. They understand what they're looking for. They understand the culture. They know what type of player they want to bring in. And that's never faltered. Like, that's always been like as long as Pat has been there, like he understands what it is. And I think I think that's good because I think he's got a good pulse of the city. You know what I'm saying? And when you when you bring in players that kind of reflect the city and the grit and the grind and and all of that stuff. So I think that's a, a testament to Pat. I want to ask you about the uh, – we talked a little bit about the starting – I mean, the uh, the five guards that you have. Um, who do you see as, as your starting five out there for the Miami Heat this year? Oh, this question – I've gotten this question a lot, man, and I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> what I would like to see, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, I really would like to see Avery Bradley out there. Um, Avery Bradley, Nuck and Robinson in the backcourt, uh, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Myers Leonard. Um, because as, as Myers Leonard didn't get to play a lot in the playoffs, but I'm a big fan of Myers. It's probably a personal bias, just because he's like the greatest interview ever. Yeah, right. He's like the coolest guy in the whole world. Do it to you. Like when you when you when you work in this business and, and you talk and interact with players and the guy, if he's like super cool, you feel, you really go to bat for that dude, man. Like, so yeah, <laughs> Myers is just a bet. And then he also is he also is part of the most potent, one of the most potent offensive starting lineups in the league last year. And then what I think happened and this is not this is just me watching the game. He got injured. He was never right in the playoffs. Mm. He tried his best. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like Kelly Olynyk at the beginning of last year. He tried, but he was not himself. Like, 
Myers Leonard looked like he was running with cement Reeboks on. Like they, they, he was wearing air concrete. Like he did not even look like himself. Them old, was, uh, them old Patrick Ewan joints. Yeah, mix. yeah, yeah. He, the, the Barclays from Payless. Yeah. Like, he, he had he had no cushion. He, he, they didn't even have. Could they even come with an insole? Like, he, he looked. He looked terrible. I'm like, ah, oh, he just wasn't right. He wasn't himself. So. Yeah. I um I envision a a healthy Myers Leonard next to Bam is a very potent duo because Myers can re he's a really good defensive rebounder he shoots the ball well from three I he he said he's all summer he's been working on his release and that's the thing with Myers like he just needs to shoot the ball quicker um I I want Avery Bradley out there to make up for the Duncan Robinsons of the world that are just yeah. not quick defensively and you need somebody who can cover guards. Um, and I think that's a great way to start the game, but it's about who finishes. And yeah. Tyler Hero is your clo- is, a, is a closer. We've seen it. Like, he's one of the cl- he's a closer on the Miami Heat. I think more than anything this year, coaching is really going to be at a premium. You know, because, like, we talk about starting fives, and, and a lot of people I've gotten to a lot of uh, discussions in Hawks Twitter about, oh, who's going to be starting? And, you know, do you start Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, you know, Guy Lunari paying him all this money? I'm like, yo, it doesn't really matter who's starting. In this in, in this season, you better hope this dude keeps his hand washed and keeps that mask on. That's it, man. <laughs> Keep people healthy. Uh, that is really, like, what is going to be the, the existence of this season. Who can stay healthy, you well, know? You yeah. guys don't have you you guys don't have the problem with the short off season. Yeah, and and I was about to ask you that. Um, you guys, uh, what sixty something days? I think because uh, we had talked to uh, seventy one. Yeah, like uh, and they were talking about it in practice. So like in Atlanta, them guys ain't played for like nine months, <laughs> <laughs> and so they're going hard in practice. And coach is like, "Hey man, y'all got to slow down, you know, because you know they're gonna be sore for the preseason game, or whatever." And Solomon Hill, Rondo looking over like, "Hey man, it's only been two months for us, so <laughs> we just got we just stopped playing basketball <laughs> like yesterday." Yeah. That, now, do you think that that shortened off season could be a hindrance or a help? Because nowadays we're, we're looking at different athletes. Nowadays, nowadays these guys stay in shape pretty pretty much all year round. Uh, do you think it's going to be an issue, non issue? What do you think about the shortened off season? I think it's going to be hindrance hindrance um, because. The guys that are going to need the rest are going to be Goran Dragic, who you need, um, who's who's essential to the team, and Jimmy Butler. Like you can't you can't just keep running this guy into the ground, even though he probably is going to be the first one to want to be run down into the ground. Like he wants to play. Um, and then also, if if that was just the case, if it was just those two guys, I could trust that the Heat could maintain a, a, a you know a nice a nice. Uh, record into like late January mm-hmm. uh, where these guys can get some rest. But the problem is Bam Adebayo is coming off of injury and that's yeah. your young guy. You know, I, I Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, uh, Mo, I mean, Mo Harkless hasn't played that much. Uh, Avery Bradley took the whole bubble off. Like, I think you're going to have some guys out there that, um, that, that can play. What I really hope is that it, and this is, it's hard as a fan, and it's going to be hard for the Heat because they take every single game seriously. Yeah, um, th- I would hope that they sit, that they look at the situation and say, "I don't care what's going on. Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic need to rest." Yeah, and that's what I want to see. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, yeah. Jimmy. You're going to get the night off, and because Jimmy, Jimmy doesn't understand that. Like Jimmy does not understand that language of my body needs a rest. Like he might stab Eric Spolstra. <laughs> he might kill him in his sleep. Like I, I wouldn't like, be surprised. That's why you have UD on the team. Cause like I can imagine Spo coming up the uh, UD, be like, "Hey man, we got to rest Jimmy. Why don't you go over there and tell him?" <laughs> yeah, because that's probably the only, and that's why they keep him on the roster. Because that's the only guy who could probably tell Jim. You could, could you imagine Precious Achua going to Jimmy? <laughs> a, uh, can you take the night off? I'll start for you. Like nah, you, you punch him in his neck. <laughs> Looking around the East, man. Just as we kind of look at the East as a whole, uh, who, who's a team that you think got better this year? Um, aside from, you know, taking the heat out of the consideration, who's a team that you looked at like, okay, they, they might make some moves. I think the Hawks got better. 
Um, Charlotte got better, but I don't know significantly enough. Um, I think Philadelphia has some addition by subtraction. I just don't trust their two stars to make it work. Um, Washington to me got worse. Um, Indiana is going to get better just for the just by virtue of having Sabonis back. Sabonis is one of, I believe, one of the most underrated players in the entire league. Like I, I watch Bam Adebayo every single day, and I still say nobody sets a better screen than Sabonis. Like he's the best screen setter in the NBA. Yeah, so, I, like, I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, man. No, go ahead. I have always liked the Sabonis kid. Like when he was coming out, I was like, "Yo, man, I really like this Sabonis kid, man." So I'm a, I'm, 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 a, I'm with you on the Sabonis train, man. I, I like Sabonis, man. No, he sets the best screens in the NBA. And I, 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 this is as somebody who sit here, sits here and watches Bam Adebayo set, uh, you know, the dribble handoffs and set screens all day. And he's one of the best assist big men in the league. Sabonis is better, and I and that, it's hard for me to say. It hurts me. Like I, I got choked up a little bit just saying it. <laughs> so I think Indiana, just by virtue of getting some of their guys healthy, is going to get better. Um, I think I don't, I don't see Boston has got. I think Boston's the same. I think the Raptors got worse. Um, but I trust Nick Nurse to make whatever they have work. Yeah, like, I think Nick. I have so much respect for Nick Nurse. Me too. Me too. I he put I, like uh, Hoosiers two point oh. Yeah, he's like he's giving twelve guys that love the game of basketball, and he'll make it work. <laughs> I, and I love like OG and no, like I love. I think they're gonna make it work. Like, I I have them as third in the East and the and the Celtics fourth. Um, just because I, I I hate Brad Stevens. I think he's so overrated. Um, Nick Nurse to me, Nick Nurse is a better coach. Um, but when and and then Brooklyn, of course. I mean, oh, yeah. like they're the wild card. Like I have no idea what Brooklyn's going to be. Like I have no idea what they're going to be. Like I hope that we can get a full season out of KD because I love the game and the game is better when he's playing. But I have no idea. And then if they like manage to get James Harden as well, even though I don't think he's going to go to Brooklyn, I think he's going to end up in Philly. But that's kind of just like my two cents. But I have no idea where Brooklyn's going to be this year. No idea. To me, Brooklyn, and this is something that I've and uh, people have quoted me on this. Um, Brooklyn it suffers from the weirdo factor. Uh, <laughs> they got a couple weirdos, bro. Like you never know. You never know what the weirdos like. Like they got they got solid. I mean, Kyrie and KD should mean that you're going to be boss level shit. But yeah. the problem is. You don't have LeBron James checking Kyrie. You have KD checking Kyrie, and KD is a weirdo. Yeah. And so is Kyrie. Yeah, they're both kind of weird, like, in a way. Like, I don't know if it's – I don't know. They're both just, like, kind of equally weird. So, like, I don't know how it's going to play out when they're together. Like, Kyrie can come in one day and be like, you know what? I don't think we should do X, Y, and Z. And KD would be like, you know what, man? You're probably right. (laughs) Like KD's not gonna sit here and check Kyrie. Like, hey, hey bro, you acting yeah. out of you acting out of pocket. Like, yeah. KD's gonna be like, you know what? You're right. The Earth is flat. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, they, they those are two guys that I don't like. I I need KD to have a Steph Curry. Yeah. I need Kyrie to have a LeBron James. Yeah. Like, I can't have KD with a with a Kyrie and a Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, I can't. Like, I, it's just. There's too much nut shit going on in Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you have there has to be some somebody grounded over there. Like, yeah. and then they got rid of Atkinson. Like, I don't know like who's running. Like, what? Like Steve Nash? Yeah. He, he he's a soccer player. Like, I don't know. There's a lot. There's just a lot of hippie shit going on in Brooklyn, yeah. and I, I can't I, trust I, them, I, man. I, they, I mean, I imagine they'll be good. Like, because you don't have Kevin Durant on your team and not be a good basketball team. You know what I, I I just feel like they, they just like if they're the gentrified version of Brooklyn, (laughs) like they got, they brought in Steve Nash and they brought in all these like hotep black people. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like they do, they're doing, uh, you know, uh, artisan mayonnaise and stuff. Like, it's just, it's, it's a weird vibe over there. It might work. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I don't like, know. Who knows? But I yeah. prefer Brooklyn when Biggie was running it. That's yeah. my thing. Let me ask you about, and and we're about to come to a close, man. I appreciate you for coming on, man. It's been great. Um, 
the Milwaukee. I'm Bucks. sorry, I, I I I take shows off the rails all the time. I no, man, it's good, man. Like that's what we do, man. Like that's why I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, nobody wants to hear us just sit here and quote stats and you know metrics the whole time, man. Like I don't listen to podcasts like that, and I don't want mine to be like that. <laughs> so right. uh, let me ask you a little bit about the Milwaukee Bucks, man. They make the big deal for uh, the holiday kid, so. Uh, I'm. Do you think that they get better with that? Like, I'm kind of a Bloodsoe guy. Like, I kind of like. I really like Bloodsoe. You know, uh, they get the Holiday Kid, who who could you could argue is probably maybe a step up. Do you think they got better, or like, do you think they're kind of kind of like in the same boat? I think I think they got worse, and I I love Drew Holiday. Um, the Heat needed Drew Holiday. Uh, so the the thing with Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday is kind of a specialist, right? Yeah. Like Drew Holiday is like, remember when I was telling you like the Heat needed a point of attack defender, and there's probably not a better one in the league outside of um, what's that, Patrick Beverly, um, and nobody wants Patrick Beverly on his team because he's dusty. <laughs> um, but if you don't want, and, and he has no offensive game, but if you want a point of attack defender that you have to respect from the three, like. Drew Holiday is Drew that Holiday, dude. Right yeah. The problem is, like, do you, do you trust Drew Holiday to run a high-powered offense? No. So Giannis is still going to have to have the ball in his hands too much. Yeah. Like, and the, here, here's the thing with Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. And this is this is, this is the same thing that happens with James Harden. It happened to LeBron James before he came to the Miami Heat. It happens to great players all the time. Uh, Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard is experiencing a little bit of this. Um, it happened to KD with with the Thunder a little bit. When you are a one dimensional one dimensional offensive team, you can go through the and you have a great one. You've got a great offensive player like a Giannis, like a, a, a James Harden, like a LeBron James. You can go through that regular season, right? Yeah. Because God, they don't have time to game plan for you. Like, it's Wednesday night. All right, brother, just do your thing. Yeah. Now you got to play Giannis seven, seven, uh, you know, in a seven-game series. I'm just going to stop Giannis. Yeah. You know, beat me, Chris Middleton. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Beat yeah. me, Eric Bledsoe. Beat me, uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Beat me, uh uh, Mo Williams beat me, Anton James. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, beat yeah. me. You can't. Now, when it's like, beat me, Dwayne Wade. Oh, shit. Dwayne Wade just beat me. Yeah. Beat me, Chris Bosch. Damn. Beat, beat me, Kyrie. You know, when you have, when, when your offense is multifaceted, it's hard to gear up against one guy. Yeah. Did the Bucks solve that problem with Drew Holiday? I don't think so. No. And that's why I, I kind of prefaced it with like saying, like, did they get better? Like, I think that, I mean, you maybe one or two games, but like, I mean, but I think at the end of the day, I think they're the same squad. Like, let me ask you this. Like, if you guys were going into a seven game series, let's say for whatever reason, you guys met up in the first round and you had to go seven games. Like, would you feel pretty confident that you guys could beat them again or what? Beat me, Drew Holiday. Yeah. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Until you beat, can, you know, yeah. Yeah. So. Until until I'm saying beat me, Chris Paul, shit. <laughs> now, that, now, you understand what I'm saying? Like, there's a whole different feeling. Like, even if you're going up against, like, if you're going up against the Raptors, right? Yeah. And it was, it's the Raptors of DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. And you shut down DeMar DeRozan and you're like, beat me, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry did that to the Heat. Yeah. Like, he beat them. But, like, ain't nobody afraid of Chris Middleton. Nah. Nobody shook off of uh, Drew Holiday. Yeah. Like, beat me. Y'all go ahead and beat me. You know what I mean? I I think that um, – and I want to ask you just two more questions and we'll shut it down. I I, I want to ask you um, – I mean, again, this is me being old school. Like, when you think about the Bulls era, when you think about the Bulls and everything that they had um, – Jordan didn't really get taken off until Pippen took that next step. You know, yeah. we talk about that, and I don't know how, what your age is, but I remember watching the Lakers series with the, the – I the, cried the, that series. Lakers, the story I grew up line. as a Laker fan. Magic Johnson, my favorite player of all time. Yeah, but remember the story of that series was Pippen's defense on Magic. They were like, oh, long arms. He can look Magic eye to eye because he's 6'7", 6'8". 
it wasn't until Pippen stepped up that Mike was able to get to that second level. And I think that's the same thing for Milwaukee. It's not until those secondary guys step up that Giannis is going to be able to reap the fruits of where he wants to go. But I got a question in the chat real quick. Shout out to my guy, Bob. He said, hey, Alf, the, P- the Heat paid Bam superstar money. Is he that guy? He is 1,000% that guy. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm first I'm going to go back to your first point about Milwaukee. They haven't gotten their Pippen yet. And the problem is, you ain't unless you draft Pippen in Milwaukee – now they're too good to draft Pippen, and they don't draft well, right? Yeah. Remember, Pippen is not – you know, Pippen's not a top-five draft pick, um, but they don't draft well enough to draft the next Pippen. They keep thinking Chris Middleton or Malcolm Brogdon's Pippen, and they're wrong. Yeah. Giannis is going to have to leave Milwaukee to find his Pippen, or he's going to have to go be Pippen to somebody else's Jordan. It's just like LeBron. LeBron had to go to Wade, Right he's going to have to leave small market teams like that. Unless they draft spectacularly well, they're just it's like, unless they're San Antonio, it's just never going to happen. Now, um, when you talk about Pam, is he worth superstar money? Yes. Because in today's NBA, I challenge you to find three centers that you'd rather have starting for your team than Bam out of bio. This is true. Guard one, not I'm not talking about guard three through five, because there's a lot of those guys that can guard three through five, guard one through five, yeah. right? And also be a hub for you on offense. Grab an grab a defensive rebound, bring it down on the break, make good decisions, or finish himself. There's like those guys just give me the guys that can do that. Yeah, he's special, man. I remember when they came to Atlanta and I saw him. I was just like, am I watching a created player? <laughs> like, 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 I, I felt like he was in such good shape. And now, granted, this was the type of year. This was the time of year when the Hawks' bigs were, uh, who are bigs? Uh, Damian Jones, like Jabari, like they had some trash out there. But still, my man was eating like it was just like you knew he was bonafide. Like, yeah, I, I echo your sentiment to me. He's definitely worth the money, man. Definitely worth. But that's it. here's the thing. It's like. The 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 Jason Tatum play. Jason Tatum gets by Jimmy Butler. My man comes over, rotates, blocks J- Jason Tatum, takes it out of his hand on a dunk, gets the rebound, and he's ready to bring the ball up. <laughs> there are not that many other guys that I I don't know the other guys. Cat, yeah. yeah, I don't know. But wait, wait, can Cat guard one through five? Cats, man, Cats is a three-point specialist, man. That's what Cat is at this stage in the game. Uh, he's a, he's a three-point specialist, man. You know, well, I think in, in Spanish they call Cat Grande Parnada or something like that. Like, <laughs> big for nothing. Hey, ask Jimmy Butler what he thinks about Cat, man. <laughs> I, I, I I talked. I've I've heard, and uh, Udonis Haslam had a uh, quote about Jimmy Butler. He said, "You put a dog in a kennel full of cats. What do you think is going to happen?" <laughs> there and that is. was right after he left Minnesota. So hey, it is what it is, man. Again, man, I appreciate you for coming on, man. I'm gonna get you out of here in this, man. Uh a 72 game season, man. Give me a roundabout uh kind of a ballpark figure of win total for the Miami Heat this year. Oh, I hate predictions, man. I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> I hate predictions. I hate predictions are just like uh I, I, I just feel like that's it's like there's it's so much cop out because like you can you can pretend you never said it, then you yeah, can catch yeah. it later. But I'll do it. I'll do uh I'll say 43. Okay. 43 wins. Because okay. a 72 game season, I'm not, you know, and also I just don't know what happened what's gonna happen with COVID. Yeah. I think it's that I think in a regular season a regular season, I'd probably say that's a 52 win, 53 win team. But mm-hmm. because of COVID, because of the shortened season, I can I'll say 43, and I think I feel good about that. That's fair. That's fair. Well, my man, I appreciate you for coming on, man. I got to have you on again, man. This was fun. Maybe when the Hawks and Heat link up, I'll have you on again. But uh, let the folks know where they can catch you and and your podcast and everything, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, man. Anytime, uh, catch me on Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. 
Um, cash me, uh, check out light skinned opinions. That That's big. Like I want people to check out that show. I, that's my passion project. That's what I really love. Uh, I love talking about the Miami heat, but I really like touching up, talking about our culture, our people, you know, politics and all that good stuff. Um, light skinned opinions. L- you look for light skinned opinions or LSO podcasts. On the Five Reasons Sports Network, you can find us on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, everywhere you look. Check out Light Skin Opinions. Like I guarantee, um, unless you are MAGA, you'll probably love our show. <laughs> and if you're MAGA, you still might enjoy it just because yeah, you like yeah. a good joke. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, my guy. And you guys know where to find us, man, at Hawks Beat on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us and make sure you check out the podcast wherever you get your podcast for the free. Uh, I'm your host, E Dub. This has been Hawks Beat Podcast, the Miami Heat preview. Catch us uh, tomorrow. So I think we're doing the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow and the Orlando Magic on Friday. So we got a full week this week. And uh, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you when we see you. That's it, man. Peace and love. Thank you. Appreciate it. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious. I want your heart, I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corian's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corian.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corian.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.